Hello, race fans, and welcome to another edition of the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast. I am your host, Scott Stiller. Coming up on this week's podcast, we'll talk with Craig Rust, the president of the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, where the Indy cars have a doubleheader this weekend, and IMSA roars into town later this month. We'll also talk with local late model driver Ben Police, the PPMS track champion who just missed out on winning the Red Miley Rumble last weekend. We'll also talk NASCAR playoffs, and there has been a ton of news this week. On the pole position, though, Craig Rust, president of the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, which is the closest track to Pittsburgh that the NTT IndyCar Series competes. Joining us on the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast, the president of the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Complex, Craig Rust, where they are gearing up for the big IndyCar doubleheader weekend. Craig, thanks for taking time out of your schedule. We know it's a busy couple of days for you here. I appreciate you having me on. Let's talk a little bit about you guys had to postpone the race because of COVID, and it's been just a crazy year for track promoters and track presidents and and groups like Green Savory. Uh, what's it been like trying to navigate this year? Um, <laughs> I think you nailed it. It's been crazy. Um, you know, we've all had to be, um, you know, throughout the company, um, I would use the word patient. Um, things, uh, were changing on a daily, weekly basis. Um, you know, so we were really leaning on the state as well as our local health commission, uh, for information. Um, like everybody else, we were following the numbers. Um, at the same time, you're working with the, uh, various series, whether that's IndyCar, uh, IMSA and so forth. Um, uh, to see what they're seeing in other states. Um, and, and again, we just had to be patient um, and, you know, kind of look forward and, and work toward what, uh, you know, toward uh, this weekend. Now, you guys made the announcement uh, at the end of last week that Governor DeWine is going to permit up to 6,000 spectators. How, with a, with a facility as large as that, d- does the state, tell you how they came up with that number or is it based on something that they see with COVID? How, how did they determine that? Or is that just something that that's out there that you're not quite sure? Uh, well, I, I think, um, you know, obviously they're working with their experts and, um, you know, governor DeVoyne once, once the, um, uh, you know, the citizens, the fans that, that come to mid Ohio to be safe, um, so I think he, he looked at the size of the facility. Um, I think he also looked at what other, uh, pro sports within the state of Ohio, what, what they were asking for and what he felt comfortable, uh, with, um, with what, uh, he was going to allow them to have. Um, so I think he was also trying to treat everybody fairly and, and in the same, same box, so to speak. So, um, it is, you know, we do have a very large facility, but, you know, we are thankful that, uh, you know, we can move forward um, and, and have fans there. So, uh, you know, we appreciate his his efforts and his team's efforts and, and as well as our, as I said, our local, our local health commissioner. Was the postponement in August because of a spike in the area around the track or in the state of Ohio? Is that why it was kind of pushed off a month? No, um, back then, um, you know, we were, um, you know, we were moving forward, uh, with the event, um, and then, uh, kind of, uh, I don't want to say last minute, but, uh, you know, the, the week before we were notified that fans would not be allowed. Um, so we were, you know, you need to plan forward, obviously to put on, uh, an event like this, there's, um, you know, teams need to travel the series, you know, their sponsor considerations and, and, uh, facility prep. So we, we were moving forward to, in hopes that, uh, you know, we were going to get an answer, um, that we could have fans that did not happen. So we made the decision to postpone in hopes that, uh, um, you know, we could share, 
more information with the state and, you know, continue to work with them um, uh, and get them comfortable with the plans that we had in place, as well as the plans that IndyCar um, has in place. So there really are um, two sets of plans um, that will be followed. Um, You know, the series uh, needs to take care of the teams and their drivers and make sure that they don't come in contact with somebody that, that may be infected. And it's our job to make sure that we can socially distance the, the fans that, that come out, um, keep them away from restricted areas, um, make sure that they're following the protocols that we have in place. And, you know, if everybody does that, uh, you know, we feel very comfortable that, you know, we can put on a very safe event. So, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, I guess a lot of protocols that will be, be in place over the weekend. So for the fans that are coming out from the tri-state area here, uh, I know you guys have some uh, protocols in place. Uh, can you go over those protocols briefly, and how can fans find out more information about those protocols? Well, uh, they can go onto our website, and um, there's, a, there's, you know, COVID-19 protocols. There's a, there's a, a link that they can, they can click on. But it really is the same protocols that um, everybody, I think, has gotten very used to following, um, you know, anytime, you know, we leave our houses. So face masks are going to be required at all times. Um, you know, we're, we're asking that, uh, um, you know, people stay, you know, unless you're part of a group, unless it's your family and, and you're coming together, you know, that, that you know, you, your group stays together and you kind of, um, you know, you don't kind of, for lack of a better word, mass gather with other groups. And, you know, so, so some of the experiences that people have or, or are used to when they come to uh, Mid-Ohio, um, you know, they're not going to be able to, to do. And, you know, whether that's, you know, a bunch of uh, campers that all kind of camp in the same area and then have a big kind of tailgate or, or party at night, you know, they're not going to be able to do that. So we're, we're asking people to use common sense, wash their hands, um, you know, uh, socially distance, you know, stay within your group and, and wear face masks. And um, again, if they follow the same protocols that, you know, the state and, um, you know, the governor has been, has been talking about over the last several months, um, again, we, we believe, um, you know, it'll be a very safe, uh, safe event for those who come out. One thing I've learned about race fans, if you give them the protocols and uh, they'll stick to it because the fans, they want to see racing. They want to be at the track. Yeah, we believe that too. Um, and that's, you know, something that we've, we've kind of have leaned on and, um, you know, we were fortunate enough. We did have a smaller event back in June um, with our SVRA event. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we were allowed to have a small number of fans out at that event. And that one went off, you know, very smoothly. Um, you know, the, the uh, vintage racers, um, uh, you know, they followed protocols. Our fans followed protocols. And, and again, um, you know, that, that was kind of a nice, test run so to speak um but being a smaller event um you know a little bit easier for us to control so um you know i also uh, think that's why uh, this got postponed um uh when it did it's just you know it's it's such a larger event and um uh, you know i think everybody right now is erring on the side of caution um which is okay um and as I said, it gave us time to, to continue to communicate with the governor and our local health uh, commissioner and kind of walk them through so they could better understand what, what it is we, we were doing and, and how we were going to uh, enforce the protocols and so forth. So, um, um, you know, again, as you said, I think uh, the fans are just excited that, um, you know, they can come out and watch racing. And while we're, you know, we, we feel bad for the, for the ones that cannot, uh, you know, will not be able to make it out this year. You know, we'll, you know, we'll put on a good show. And, and for those, we hope that, you know, they tune into NBCSN or NBC and, um, and, and watch it. It's, 
it's exciting. It's a it's a double header, so uh, both days are are, are action packed on on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, you know, we're just we're looking forward to 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 getting back to what we do. I was going to say with the double header, you got a unique format getting to see the NTT IndyCar Series twice. But the schedule's jam-packed. You got the Mazda MX-5 Cup cars there, as well as the Road to Indy with USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000. So it, there's not going to be a lot of downtime on the track. No, there's not. A matter of fact, it's uh, uh, kind of longer days um, than we typically, but that, you know, that's okay. And, and uh, you know, with all of the this series, um, you know, again, it's, it's just going to be kind of an action-packed uh, – packed weekend for uh you know for those that are that are coming out you guys always have a lot of on-track activity all weekend long it really doesn't matter what race weekend it is you guys always seem to present a lot of value to the race fans that buy a ticket and really that's what sports and entertainment are all about yeah yeah and that's something that's really um important to our owners uh kim green kevin savory um myself included it's you know the fans are are buying a ticket to to come out and watch racing. So, um, you know, while obviously we we have to have some breaks to give our volunteers and and our workers, you know, a little bit of downtime because they can become very long days. It's important to us that you know we're we're putting something out on the track that that uh, um, is good racing, is is entertaining, um, is different. You know, that's something else we pride ourselves on is. Over the course of, of a normal year, um, you know, we have a pretty dynamic schedule, um, uh, you know, so that's, that's always fun. But yes, yeah, you know, it's our, it's our belief that if you, you know, if you're, if you're going to spend your, your discretionary income to come out to mid-Ohio, you know, that, uh, you know, you get your money's worth. It has really been a tough year on your uh, the track owners, uh, Green, Ke- Kim Green and Kevin Savory. I was down at St. Pete at the beginning of the year when uh, when all when all of this started to ramp up, and, and next thing you know, the Grand Prix of St. Pete was postponed, and now they're going to run that uh, next month in October, which is great. And uh, I really got to tip my cap to the whole entire Green Savory team because it's it's been some rough waters they've had to charter this year, and you guys are just working through it. Yeah, and that's the that's the best way to to put it. There's just things that um, are out of our control, um, you know. So we can only control um, you know certain aspects of it, um, and you know we we're doing our best. Um, as I said earlier, it's been, it's been a very fluid situation and, and, um, you know, things, things change, um, you know, we're changing weekly, especially back in early spring. Um, we were fortunate enough to, uh, um, get with IMSA early on, um, and get that one, get that one rescheduled, um, you know, to the, you know, it's going to happen in a, in a couple weeks. So towards the end of September. And again, that was in hopes that, you know, by this time, you know, we'll, we as a society, as a, as a community, we'll have our hands around this a little bit better, understand what we can and can't do to keep people safe. And, you know, so we're, uh, um, you know, we're just thankful that the, the series had the ability to accommodate us, um, you know, both for, uh, the Mid Ohio uh, Sports Car Course, but as well as uh, for St. Pete, and um, you know, keep us on the schedule for for 2020. Well, that's exciting news for sure. Let's talk a little about uh, six thousand fans are allowed in. Are there still tickets available to this weekend's event and the IMSA event? Yes, yes. So um, what we're asking people to do is. Um, to purchase online. We are not going to be uh, as our fans or many of our fans are used to being able to just drive up, purchase a ticket at the gate. It's general admission, you know, buy their ticket and they, and they drive in. Um, we are not going to be, um, selling tickets at the gate. Um, one, obviously, cause we're only allowed to have 6,000 people, um, attend. So we're asking people to order their tickets, go, go online. They can print their tickets out. 
and bring bring that to uh, um, you know to to Mid Ohio when they when they arrive, and then that that will get scanned. So it's print at home tickets, um, and that allows us to monitor the number of tickets that are being sold. So when we get to that that six thousand number, you know we can then shut down you know, we can shut down the, the ticket sales, um, online and, you know, that way then fans will know, you know, that, that we've hit our number, but we won't be selling tickets at the gate. Um, uh, you know, we, we again ask that if, you know, when people come that they, uh, you know, have their masks and, and have their, their, their tickets ready. Um, anybody who has purchased tickets already, those tickets have, uh, have been included in, in the 6,000 number. So, um, anybody who has purchased tickets already, those tickets are valid and are good. So, you know, um, you know, they're, they're able to come, come to the race. They don't have to do anything, anything more. Um, but if people who have not purchased tickets, I would encourage them to get online as soon as possible. If if they're interested coming out and, uh, and, and order their tickets. What's it, what's great about this weekend with it being a double header is if a fan can't get to Saturday's race, they can go to Sunday's race. And if they have a commitment on Sunday, they get a chance to check out the NTT IndyCar Series and the Road to Indy Ladder on Saturday. So it presents a unique opportunity. And if somebody uh, wants to spend the whole weekend, you guys are also offering a weekend ticket, which would include Friday. Correct. Correct. So we're still... We're still offering, you know, you know, we've we've done that in the past where you can buy a single day ticket or uh, a weekend ticket. But yeah, you're correct. Um, I think this does offer a unique opportunity for people to uh, to come on out on on Saturday and and see an actual race, um, points race, and you know that way if they can't make it out Sunday and and as you as you said, vice versa. Um, they can't make it out Saturday. They can come out Sunday and see a points race. So it really is a unique opportunity um, for Mid Ohio fans, and uh, um, you know we're we're excited and and you know hopeful uh, they'll take advantage of it. Now you've been at Mid Ohio for years, and you know Scott Dixon. He's been kind of like the Mid Ohio master. Uh, what do you think about this year's NTT IndyCar series up to this point this season? I mean, Dixon and the Ganassi team got out of the gate really fast. So I guess this weekend, the way I look at it anyway, is a huge weekend for someone like Newgarden or somebody else. If they want to take a run at Dixon in this championship, they can't let him do what he typically does at Mid-Ohio. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always tough to beat, um, at Mid-Ohio, um, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> I, I think it's, I, uh, and I kind of say this every year, you know, uh, Scott kind of owns the place. Um, but we've had some, you know, through the years, we've had some, um, unique winners. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's wide open. I really do. Um, mid Ohio is a great track for the Indy cars. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, a, a few areas around the track that, that offer uh, good points to pass. Um, so yeah, you know he he has to always be considered the odds-on favorite. But you know when you get guys like Newgarden, um, uh, Rossi in the field, uh, you know you, you can't take anything for granted. But uh, he always does seem to to come through uh, um, come through at the track. Another cool connection for Western Pennsylvania area or any of the uh, University of Pittsburgh fans or graduates in the Indy Pro 2000 series, Colin Kaminsky is actually a student at Pitt and he is the University of Pittsburgh hockey team's goaltender. So if they're looking for somebody in the road to Indy ladder to watch, on Saturday and Sunday, that would be a name I'd like to point out. And what's cool about the Road to Indy Ladder are these are guys who, four or five years ago, they are now in the Indy Car Series. So for fans that come out uh, that watch Saturday and Sunday, that that watch some of these younger drivers, these are the future stars of Indy Car. Yep, yep, and that's and 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 that's why the the series has developed the way it has. 
Um, uh, it, it used to be, as we all know, Indie Lights back in the day um, with kind of that, that feeder series. Um, but this road to Indie, I think they've done a great job bringing, starting the kids um, a little bit younger, um, giving them a true ladder series of, hey, here's how, here's how you're going to progress up through um, and, and get a shot, um, you know, at the, at the big cars, um, you know, in the NTT IndyCar series. So it, it is a neat series. And as you said, I don't know how some of these, these kids do it. You know, uh, it's tough enough becoming a race car driver, you know, even if that's the only thing you're concentrating on, but as you pointed out, being a college student and playing another, um, division one sport, uh, um, I can't imagine what, what his schedule would be like. Well, it's exciting to have the Indy cars over at Mid-Ohio. Uh, I, I have to ask you, do you like the idea of the doubleheader? And it would, would it be something you guys would be interested in maybe in the future? Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, you know, obviously we want to see how it goes. I think this year, um, because of the way things are, I think it offered – uh, you know, a unique um, opportunity, and it was kind of a, a, a no-brainer, so to speak. Um, uh, but you know, we, we would have to we'd have to talk to IndyCar about that, and and, and what their feelings are about that. Um, um, I always, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, part of me likes the ramp up from a from a Friday, and then you have a Saturday qualifying. Saturday practice and you kind of ramp up to the pageantry of, uh, you know, of the Honda Indy 200, you know, Sunday afternoon. And, um, I, you know, so there's something special to that, that, um, and, and not that, uh, a double header, not that it's not as special, but, you know, that's one thing, you know, we're not going to be able to do is some of the pageantry around the, the event, um, and I think it makes sense this year to make sure that, you know, whoever, whoever wins, uh, the overall championship, um, is going to know that, that, uh, you know, there won't be an asterisk next to it. They, um, because there's all these races and obviously there's been some other double headers, but you know, it's, uh, you know, they're the ones who, who drove the best and most consistent and earned the most points through. So, um, you know, I'd never say never. Um, uh, it would be an interesting conversation to have. Before I let you go, you can't put on an event like the Honda Indy 200 without great partners like Honda. Who are some of the other partners that help Mid-Ohio uh, stage their events throughout the year and that are so crucial for race fans to support? Uh, you know what? We've, 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 got, uh, we've got several, but, but certainly... Um, American Honda and, and, uh, you know, their brands, um, Honda and Acura, um, they're critical to, you know, to our success throughout the year. Cooper Tire, um, we've brought them on several, several years ago and they've been outstanding, um, in helping us, um, uh, you know, throughout the season. And there's a lot of stuff that they do, um, Summit um, uh, has been a great partner as well. And there's so much that, that these sponsors do kind of behind the scenes that help us, whether it's with volunteers, whether it's um, with staff, um, um, uh, you know, you'll, you'll always see, you know, we have a lot of staff walking around, you know, that, um, you know, whether they're, uh, they're picking up garbage or cleaning up or, uh, you know, parking cars or, you know, working, working our gates, but, you know, you'll see them in Cooper tire, you know, staff shirts, uh, you know, so little things like that really, really help a racetrack out um, because there's, I, I don't think people really realize um, uh, what goes into really opening up these places. Um, uh, but those, all those partners uh, have really stepped up, uh, um, over the years, and, and we're really proud to have them on board. Well, Craig Russ, we appreciate the time for Western Pennsylvania and tri-state area fans because we hit down into West Virginia and, of course, Ohio, and we got a lot of local race fans, and, uh, you know, the dirt track fans have been great this year, and even the asphalt fans around town 
have been fantastic following the local track protocols. You guys have the protocols listed at midohio.com. Fans can get tickets at midohio.com. And uh, as you suggested, they should get them early, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Craig, we appreciate the time. We look forward to seeing you this weekend. And thanks for taking time to join us on the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast. Have a great uh, event weekend. I appreciate you having me on. You have a good weekend, too. Special thanks to Craig for taking time out of his schedule on a race week, no less, to talk to us. If you've never been to Mid-Ohio, it's a great track for spectators and an even better place to camp out. A couple of news items to get to. Bubba Wallace announced that he's leaving Richard Petty Motorsports at the end of the season. With that domino falling, the question is, what car will Wallace be in next year? couple of open seats are Chip Ganassi's number 42 and Hendrick Motorsports' number 48. Speaking of Chip Ganassi and the driver of the number 48, Jimmy Johnson, Johnson is going IndyCar racing in 2021 and 2022 with Chip Ganassi Racing. A great opportunity for a sponsor to be aligned with a championship team and a championship driver, check out our story over at PittsburghRacingNow.com. Darren Pittman posted on social media that he's looking at his options outside of the race car for 2021. Pittman has been racing on the World of Outlaws circuit for 17 years. NASCAR has suspended driver Mike Wallace for a social media post. He'll have to undergo sensitivity training in order to be reinstated. Speaking of NASCAR, Kevin Harvick picked up the first Cup Series playoff win at Darlington this weekend after Martin Truex Jr.'s optimistic pass, I'll call it, of leader Chase Elliott resulted in both the 19 and the 9 crashing into the wall and limping to the finish. Harvick with the win, he also had that big points lead cushion, so his cushion got even greater as the series heads to Richmond this weekend. Shifting gears to the local scene, our next guest just missed out on winning last weekend's Red Miley Rumble at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway. Joining us on the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast is Rush Late Model driver Ben Police, track champion from PPMS. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thank you, buddy. Hey, I got to ask you, when did you first get into racing as a fan? So looking back on scrapbooks, ever since I was a ever since I was a baby, I think I've been at the racetrack. Um, my mom was was you know Miss PPMS back in the day, a, you know trophy girl. My dad he helped uh, he helped Greg Lemley, uh, Bobby Henry, you know all kinds of guys like that, and uh, you know I was always at the track as a as a little kid. And uh, it's just, you know, everything I remember since growing up was, was involved with the racetrack. So how old were you when you decided or when you first got behind the wheel to, uh, I don't even want to say officially race something, well, let's just say race something, whether it be a go-kart or whatever. So my dad um, actually got into racing. He, he was running a semi-late down at I-79 Speedway and, before he started racing, I was every Friday night. I would get home from school, and uh, he'd be ready to go. We'd we'd go down to uh, go down to I seventy nine and watch the races. And you know, it was every Friday, I remember falling asleep on the way home. He'd carry me into bed, and uh, he got he got a semi late and raced that for a year or two down there. And then he went and traded Bob Naraka for a an asphalt street stock and raced a motodrome for for a few years and I was probably around I think 11 years old I, I kind of got the itch to race and I said you know dad I, I want to try this out so he had uh, he traded that car for for a go-kart and uh, I think it was that that car was a roller for a go-kart and a, and a setup and we we started racing go-karts down at route 50 and first night out, went out and won, and I thought, man, this is this is easy. This, I love this. <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, I, I think you might have got a little bit lucky on night one. You know, don't think it's it's just this easy. So it was. Uh, after that, it was it was it was tough. I, I'm not sure how many races we won that year, if, if any more. But uh, 
you know, we ran go-karts and, uh, and that was, that was fun. You know, started, started at route 50 and then we, we went to Acme and Noggle and there was, there was a bunch of different tracks that we, uh, that we went to in, uh, in the go-kart deal until I was probably, I think we ran them for four or five years until uh, I was 15. Um, I was in high school. I wanted to, uh, I was ready to buy a truck, you know, you know, didn't, didn't really care about, about racing too much. Just wanted to, uh, get a truck and, you know, drink some beer and chase some women. And, uh, that's whenever, whenever we got out of go-karts, uh, you know, bought a truck, started working. And I remember one day coming home from high school, there was a, uh, there was a Chevy Camaro sitting up on a, a little open trailer in a driveway. And you could tell it was, you know, not, not just a regular Camaro. It had some work done to it. And you could tell you know, it was, it was almost ready to race. And I, I went inside and said, you know, hey, dad, what, what's going on? And I said, well, we're getting back into it, but we're going full size this time. That was, uh, that was whenever we, we moved up and, and finally started doing things in, in a full size car. And you were roughly how old? So I was, uh, I was, I want to say 16 or 17 at that point. Um, I'd say, but you know, probably, yeah, 17 or so, you know, I was, I was driving, you know, I was working half a day, you know, going to school half a day, working half a day. And, uh, yeah, I think I, that's about how old I was. And, and that's when we kind of moved up into the, uh, into the full size deal. So it was, uh, we worked on that thing, I think all winter and man, it was, you know, we, I thought I had the, the best thing ever. You know, we, we started out running a, uh, a charging car up at Roaring Knob and first night out, you know, all my family and friends, and, you know, they had their own homemade shirts and I just remember going out there and that thing would not get out of its own way. I actually bent the throttle pedal because I thought the throttle wasn't going far enough. Um, Pressing so hard. <laughs> just, you know, we had a junkyard motor, and you know, we didn't know really what was going on. And uh, that was that was whenever reality hit. You know, we, we blew up. I think the first night we actually blew up a motor. It was just a junkyard motor. And we started learning from there, talking to people around us and, you know, people up there running. Um, we, uh, we ended up buying a actual built 305 and uh i think we ran a couple more races that year and then over the winter you know it was it was time to get serious you know we were gonna everything was gonna be good we were gonna set the car up you know full blown we we lettered the whole car got some sponsors for the next year first night out i'm out there running hot laps and i just I, i feel good about it and I remember going down the backstretch at Roaring Knob. It's kind of kind of downhill on the backstretch, and uh, I I lifted going into three, and that car it just kept kept on going full steam, just never never lifted. And I'm trying to pull up on the throttle pedal, and uh, it just it stuck wide open. And uh, head first, we went into into turn three wall, first night out. Uh, I think that was two thousand. 2000, I think 2009 was our first year up there, and then 2010 it was night one. It was uh, had to be loaded on the trailer backwards, just completely totaled. Ugh. It's like the yeah. like the old uh, wide world of sports thing: the thrill of victory and then the agony of defeat, all in one day. Oh, uh-huh. it was it was horrible. I mean, I was I was sick, and uh, you know, just couldn't believe you know what it what had happened and. One of uh, one of our sponsors, um, was talking to us and said, "You know, I don't, I don't want to see you guys quit. You know, here's, I'll, I'll give you half on a on a street stock." So we uh, we bought a street stock and uh, started running that up there. And to tell you what, I didn't, I, I didn't know how to drive a car to save my life up there. It seemed like every weekend I was ripping the nose off, ripping the rear ends out of it. I mean. It was, I was hard on shit back then. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, dad was trying to set stuff up and bitching at me. And, you know, it was just, 
every weekend was something new. You know, if I finished the race, I think we were both happy. But, uh, you know, we ran, ran that for a year. Um, and then, uh, you know, over the winter, we were going to get, uh, get everything, you know, really set up right. You know, a good motor put in it. Um, you know, kind of getting, getting a setup kind of figured out to where I could maybe learn what the hell I was doing. And that was, uh, that was over, over the year of winter of 2010, uh, going into 2011. And, um, you know, I got the call January 2nd, 2011. Um, I was, I was at the, I was, I think at the gym just trying to lose weight. I was on a treadmill or something. And, and I got a call that, you know, there was a, there was an automobile accident and nobody could get all my dad and he was in that area. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's when everything really changed. You know, he, he died in a, in a car wreck in in beginning of 2011. So I didn't know, I didn't really know how to turn any wrenches. You know, I was the one that was always just, you know, get this out of the toolbox, get that, you know, spending money where I can getting sponsors. And, uh, that was, that was the eye opener right there because it was just me and him. And, and I really didn't know what to do. I had, uh, had a lot of people at the funeral, you know, you know, we're here for you. We'll help you, you know, whatever you need. And, and, uh, I think it was, it was all a lot of lip service. Um, I, I went out the next year and beginning of the year had lots of help and, uh, that, that dwindled away real quick. And, uh, you know, ran, ran that street stock and I, I wanted to move up to late models. I thought that was, that was the thing. So gathered up you know, what sponsors I could and what money and, and moved up to, to the crate late models in, in 2012. And, uh, you know, was running up roaring knob, kind of the same thing. Didn't know, didn't know what I was doing. You know, now there's a million things I can adjust and, you know, you, you have one person help you and then and you start talking to somebody else and they got another set up and, you know, you take your buddies up there and, you know, I couldn't trust anybody to put put tire pressure in it. I remember going out for hot laps one night and uh, came in. I said, man, this thing really off. And, and my one buddy I took up there, and he said, man, what, what was the tire pressure I was supposed to put in that again? <laughs> I said, man, you know, it was all jacked up. So, you know, ran, uh, ran that that year. You know, had some help in 2013. And uh, 2014 was really where where my racing career took off in the in the charger car i didn't win a heat race didn't win a feature street stocks never won i won one heat race um never won a feature crate cars same way nothing you know back of the pack and uh i bought a new blue gray rocket in 2014 um a company i work for producer supply he, uh, he told me he helped me out, you know, getting a new car. And, and we were going up to, to join Flinters to pick up one of our uh, company vehicles that was getting wrapped. And, uh, you know, he was asking Johnny, he goes, you know what, you know, he wants to spend all this money on this new car. What do you think? And he goes, well, don't know. The boy might go out there and win the first race. And, uh, huh. you know, that's 2013. I'd started going up to Pittsburgh and running. I, I liked it up there a lot more. And, uh, 2014 we had that new car first night out almost won a heat race i was i was on cloud nine i couldn't believe that i was running that good and at the time ryan montgomery was there and he had had a i want to say a five or six win streak every time he was there he was winning it was usually on one of the tour races and he was there that night and uh we actually we we won our first feature race that night and and beat him so that uh that right there was, was where I think everything really, really took off. Was it more of a confidence thing at that point, or you just finally kind of settled in with uh, how you needed to approach things, how your team needed to approach things? And it seems like, I mean, at PPMS, seems like you have a feel for, uh, you got a groove for that place because you get around it pretty good. Yeah, it was uh, – I think it was just kind of a combination of, you know, we finally got some good equipment and getting some laughs under my belt 
and uh, that's that's really whenever things started to take off, and, and I really liked that place. Um, still, at the same time, you know, it was it was finding people to help you, and you know, you'd find somebody to, you know, come over one night a week or come to the races, or to, you know, that was that was always the issue with me. And um, yeah, I want to say it was you know, ran 2014, 2015 up there. And then 2016, uh, I think that was the year, maybe I was 17, you know, uh, I always parked next to Mike Reft up there, him and his crew, they would always save me a spot. And, you know, if I needed help, cause that's at the point I was coming up by myself, um, you know, hauling car up by myself and unloading and racing. And it was, if you didn't do good, it, it really, it wore on you and wondered why the hell you were doing it. But uh, those guys, they helped out a lot. And, uh, you know, still to this day, you know, whenever they're there, they save me a spot. And I appreciate them guys, all all good guys. And how I actually got my help that I have now, um, actually a local guy, Sean Phillips, that my dad knew and, and raced with. And, and he actually, you know, he's got stories about my dad. He'd see him in a supermarket and they stand around and bullshit forever. And, um, you know, he took my dad's car out to shake it down the one night and broke the rear end. I put up my, uh, my crate engine for sale and, I uh, wasn't getting any hits. So I started lowering it and, uh, Sean had moved up from street stocks to super lace on the asphalt and he was running at Jennerstown where they had the, uh, the crate motor came over you know, we worked out a deal. We bought the engine. We said, you know, I'd, I'd like to come up and watch you dirt race, you know, help you out. And from that day there, I mean, he, he kind of became hooked. And and I've been my crew chief ever since. Uh, dude dude does a ton for me. I, I can't thank him enough for for everything that he does. Um, you know, it's just pretty much a two-man team, me and him. And, uh, you know, we do do pretty good for a, for a small two-man team. I'd say you guys do okay. Who are who are some of the people that help you get to the track? Other, uh, obviously, you two help you get to the track, and you talked about uh, uh, the folks that you work for. But uh, who else helps your program get to the track week in and week out? You know, as far as help, it's it's really me and him. Um, without the sponsors that I have, though, there's no way I'd be able to to run in the late model division. Um, I know it's a it's a more cost effective division, but you know if you want to go fast, you got to have the good parts and the new parts. You know, there's been you know some of the sponsors that have been with me since you know way back in the day. You know, producer supply company, the the company I work for, I've been there 12 years, and I remember whenever I first started and I was running that charge car, and I'd ask Gary, I said, "Hey, you know, would you be interested in sponsoring this?" And he looked at me and laughed, and he said, "Not a chance." <laughs> and uh, you know, now I don't know with everything going on this year if they're gonna if they're gonna do it. But it's been you know the past two years they brought a, a coach bus up with everybody from work to watch. Oh, um, cool. He's he's a he's a huge help, and uh, you know without without him, um, you know there's no way I could be in the division we're in. Uh, Quality Machine Company they've been there you know with me for a long time. We've uh, we've had some some pick up some drop off. Uh, this year, I got to thank everybody with with a crazy year we've been having. I mean, usually I wait till about March to to start getting my sponsors. You know, don't want to approach people around the holidays and the, the beginning of the year. And uh, come March, it was just you know you didn't even know what next week's going to bring. So uh, you know, got to thank everybody that contributed this year. From uh, you know, like I said, producer supply, carry resources, quality machine company, TJD Energy, uh, Carnival Properties. Hayden excavating, and um, and those those are the guys that are that are really you know the reason I'm I'm able to do it this year. It's you know whenever the sponsor money runs out and it's it's straight personal money. That's whenever it's it's never fun, and that's that's been most of the year. So we're just thankful that we haven't tore anything major up this year, and everything's been running okay. Well, you know, you, you hit on something with the strange year that that the tracks have been having the strange year. Uh, the sanctioning bodies have been having strange year. The drivers have been having strange year. All the sponsors 
that are involved and all the companies that are involved are having. It, it really is tough. I was uh, watching a uh, press conference and uh, from Indianapolis, and one of the team owners said that, uh, he said, you know, he said, we're worrying about things week to week. He goes, because companies don't know what they're doing next month, let alone next year. He goes, so he said, we're going race to race. He said, we want, you know, he said, we're going to get as much value for our partners as we can. He goes, but this has been a bizarre year for all of us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this year we weren't, you know, last year we did the, we did the point deal and, uh, we won the championship and, and that was awesome. But there was, there were some, some real shitty weeks. I mean, we, we blew up an inch in one week lead in the race. And, uh, you know, you go from, you know, Sunday morning kind of sitting there looking at the car going, and I, I ain't got the money for this. And, and Sean's going, man, I can see if I can spare you some money. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta call. And I hate to do that because you, you feel like you're begging for money, but, you know, you gotta, you know, I, I had a couple people round about and, you know, some sponsors that kicked in some extra and, you know, we were able to get a new engine. But then you got, you know, we're pulling one out. We're doing everything that you do on a normal week. We're putting one in just to go racing the next Saturday. And, uh, you know, the very next weekend we won. It was, it was awesome. And, you know, we're on, we're riding, riding the high. And uh, then the very next weekend we had uh, just a small plug come out and uh we ended up warping two heads the very next weekend so it was uh you know the the highest the highs and the lowest the lows you know we got a brand new engine we're leading points and and now we got to pull it right back out of the car and have ingram go through it completely because we don't know whether it's just the heads or if there's more so after last year you know we said and the points do on but we're, we're not doing it again no no more and uh you know, this year we, we got, you know, May got pushed and then we got pushed, you know, or April, whenever we were supposed to start and it just kept getting pushed. And, uh, Sean said, you know what, buddy? He said, let's try it again. He said, if something crazy happens, you know, we got to clip a car or blow an engine. We'll, we'll call it then and we'll take a week off. But he said, with our season reduced, let's try this point still again. So that's, that's where we're at right now. We're, we're trying it again to, to try to go back to back and it's, just as stressful this year as last year it is stressful but it is also something that were you to accomplish it that's quite a feather in your cap yeah yeah because he's got uh i think he's got two or three chess championships uh under his belt and uh you know he always he messed with me all winter saying you know you got to go for another one you, you can't just be a one-hit wonder you know one win one championship and then quit so uh he's He's the driving force there for sure, but uh, I mean, right now I think we're up, we're up six points. But uh, you know, Pittsburgh's such a stout track, and and every week you roll in there, and there's just the competition is very heavy, regardless of what week you roll in there. Well, Mother Nature rolled in last week and kind of threw the kibosh on everything right after all the fun started. So uh, you get to. Uh, finish it up I guess this weekend and with uh, a possibility of a, a rain date again on Sunday I saw something roll across my uh, social media feed today so we'll see how all that goes but uh, you know hey you're in the thick of it that's all you can do and uh, you know it, it's stories like yours and we had a guy on earlier this year who uh, grew up racing on the east coast he worked, uh, he's worked in NASCAR for years, worked for Hendrick. Now he's working for one of the little smaller teams. And, uh, you know, he was telling a story about how they were scraping it together to get to a race, and they broke down on the turnpike by Irwin and had to run down over the hillside to buy hot dogs for the crew, he said, because we were fixing the 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 tow truck the or the truck that was taking the car. We were fixing it on the side of the turnpike. So, I mean, it's those kind of stories that about getting the car to the track and all the work that goes into it are really the best racing stories there are. So, uh, you know, it, it, you're writing your own little story, and uh, it's pretty cool so far. So, uh, uh, 
congrats on on uh, on that because it's not easy to do and that's why we're here we're trying to spread the word about racing and and why everybody should go out on a friday or a saturday night and take the family to a local racetrack yeah for sure i mean to support the local racetracks i i remember you know things were so much different whenever i was a kid at i-79 you know after every single feature we would run down to the fence and you know wave at the winner you know listen to why he talked on the on the front stretch and uh you know it's yeah, you know, I, I, those memories—they're—they're they're right there, like they were yesterday. Um, and uh, I, I wish somewhere like that—that that track was still open. But uh, you know, you gotta—you know, live with the times and and keep rolling. And uh, you know, this year we—I think we upped our upped our game a little bit. This year we were always an open trailer, you know, kind of crew. It was me and Sean and an open trailer, and you know, we were able to get an enclosed trailer and and with a little AC unit. And I, that's made that's made the weekend so much nicer for me because usually during the week I, I try to do as much as I can and you know Sean comes over a few nights but whenever we're at the track you know he's he's pretty much doing everything I'm kicking back in the AC listening to the radio and uh it's it's really nice um but to look at the competition we're up against I mean as you know we roll into some of these races and there's there's guys here with stack their trailers and, and 10 people on their crew and, and we're able to compete and, and even beat these guys. It, it makes you feel good. Yeah, it should. It should without a doubt. Well, and it sounds like some of the tracks around town are going to extend their seasons a little bit because of, uh, uh, the late start on so many seasons uh, or on so many races lost earlier this year. So it sounds like we're going to be running a little bit into the fall. So, uh, we uh we appreciate you taking time out and uh we'll uh, keep track of the progress as we roll along all right buddy well i appreciate it hey ben we appreciate it too man good luck this weekend and uh good luck for the rest of the year thanks for joining us thank you thanks to ben for joining us he'll be a factor down the stretch in the track championship no doubt There was a ton of local racing over the Labor Day weekend, so if you missed anything, we have our weekend racing recap up on pittsburghracingnow.com, so check that out. This weekend, I'll be at Mid-Ohio for the IndyCar doubleheader, and our Lou Long will be in Central PA providing us with his typically excellent coverage as usual. That does it for this edition of the Pittsburgh Racing Now podcast. Extra special thanks to Craig Rust of the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course and local racer Ben Police. And thanks to you race fans for joining us. The last three months have been the best three months over at Pittsburgh Racing Now, and it's all because of the support. So thank you very much. Stay up on all the news, both locally and nationally, by clicking pittsburghracingnow.com every day. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Any use or reproduction of this podcast without the expressed written consent of Pittsburgh Racing Now is strictly prohibited. Until next time, race fans, I'm Scott Stiller.